0: Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 All right. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's get settled in. Let's get focused tell the person next to you, yeah, amen, 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 praise God, anybody, anybody excited about the word, I'm excited, I I wanted to start from the, after the morning prayer, but I had to wait through worship. It was awesome. All right, I'm going to start with a quote. You're ready, say amen. All right, all right. Praise God. Here's the quote. The temptation... Oh, this feels good this morning. The temptation of this age is to look good without being good. We are, amen, I'm glad you, you received that. We are totally obsessed with looking good, amen? Hey, come on. We're consumed, obsessed even. We're trying to watch what we eat now. People are, are working out. People, everybody's trying the latest protein mix and fat-cutting pill. Can somebody say Amen. The most clicked on links are those links that say, you could lose 25 pounds this week. We're buying every gimmick to make us look good, right? You could lose the bags under your eyes with this little cream. You could, you could lose your belly fat with this little wrap. You could do this with this. You could do this with that, right? We're obsessed, amen? And, and I know there's a lot of fitness heads up in here, and, and you guys are sweating and working out. I, I see you on Facebook amen, and you're doing it, and you're going for it, amen, and that's good for you, but no matter how you convince yourself that you like it, you, no matter how much you tell yourself, no, man, I'm good with the greens and the salad while your friend is eating burgers and pizzas, You know, I'll, I'll be the first to admit it, if there was a pill, I would gladly take the pill. Right? If there was a belt that you could put on that give you six-pack abs, how many of you bought it? Come on, two famous a 1999. You just sit there and it basically electrocutes you. And you think that's cool, that's gonna work. You bought it, I know we did. If that joint would work, we all be sitting in church. I'm good, Pastor. I'm good. Just getting on abs. Eating a roller with the, with the donuts from the back. Because we all want to look good without having to be good. We want to look good without having to do the work. And unfortunately, that mindset creeps into every area of our lives, including our spiritual lives. Somebody say amen. I'll unpack that in a minute as we continue our message series following Peter. Last week I shared a message, Empty Vessels. This is Empty Vessels 2, full of it. (laughs) Tell your neighbor, you are so full of it. In a good way, in Jesus' name. (laughs) Some of you enjoyed that way too much. (laughs) You haven't spoke to your husband in three weeks and right now you're talking to him. You are so full of it. (laughs) Pastor told me I could say that. This man following me around this morning is Pastor Miguel. And this was just an illustration from last week. If you you missed that message, I really encourage you to to look at it, to check it out online and kind of catch up with us, sanctuaryfellowship.org. It was simply a picture of what it could look like or feel like if, if when we understand that as followers of Christ we've been given this Spirit of God that's with us everywhere we go, that empowers us. Amen? It, it's a, the Father's promise is both a present and a presence. Oh, come on. Facebook that. That's good. He's a present and a presence and and he's with us everywhere we go right and and he's a he's our, our guide he to illuminate he's an encourager he's the lifter of our heads when you're confused he's the spirit of understanding he's a counselor Isaiah 11:12 if you're down he's the comforter John 14:16 you need help he's the helper John 16:7 when you don't know how to handle things he's a teacher and he's a reminder of things that we've been taught John 1426. If you feel left out today, he's the spirit of adoption. When you feel like you don't belong, he's the spirit of sonship, Romans eight fifteen. <clears throat> when you feel like you don't you can't go on, he's the spirit of life, Romans eight two. He guides us into all truth, John 16, 13. When nobody else will stand for you, he's the advocate, John 14, 16. The word describes the Holy Spirit in so many different ways. He's gentle like a dove, Matthew 3, 16. He's mighty like a wind, Acts 2, 2. He's consuming like a fire, Acts 2, 3 and 4, Isaiah 4, 4. He is the oil of anointing from Isaiah 61.1 where he says the spirit of the sovereign God is upon me and he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captive and release from darkness to the prisoners. Come on, some of you are so full of it and you don't even know it. He is the living water, John 38, 39. Whoever believes in me as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from you. He's the deposit, 2 Corinthians 1, 22. Put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, as a guarantee of what's to come. You lost? He's the guide, Isaiah sixty-three, fourteen. He's the voice, Hebrews 3, 7, and 8. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Did you earn this? Can you buy this? No, he's God's gift, Acts 2, 38. He's the power of God, Luke 5, 7, Luke 6, 19. It says the power of the Holy Spirit was with him to heal. All of that is this. All of that is Miguel. All of that is this with me. All of that is this with me. All of that is, is every believer says, the, the, the word says. And sometimes in our lives when we get this, we walk around like we know it. When we get this, we walk around like we know it, man. He says, I'll be closer than a brother. And we walk around like we know it. We walk around like, yeah, I am Christ's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he has prepared in advance for me to do, Ephesians 2.10. And sometimes we feel that and we and we walk around. Sometimes in our lives we get it. We walk around and say, how you doing? I'm blessed. I am blessed and highly favored. Come on. I am an overcomer. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm more than a conqueror. I got the power of the Holy Spirit and we feel empowered and we feel his presence. But this illustration is flawed. This illustration is flawed. This is just a picture that I wanted you to get. Because although sometimes it feels just like this, it feels like Miguel's following you around and getting involved when he needs to. The reality is more like this. lives with you and will be in you John 14:17 Do you not know that you are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in you 1 Corinthians 3:16 Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you whom you have received from God 1 Corinthians 6:19 We are the temple of the Living God, just as God has says, "I will dwell in them and walk with them and be among them, I will be their God, and they will be my people." Second Corinthians 6:16. 6, See, the Holy Spirit is not a feeling. He's not something you catch. I know we. Some of us have, you know, different church backgrounds, and we, we go to some churches, and you find somebody wilding out in the corner. And they say, "Oh, he caught the spirit." The Holy Spirit is not something you catch. He's not a cold. He's not an emotion. I told you last week, you don't find Jesus. He was never lost. Jesus found you. Well, you can't catch the Spirit. The, the, the Spirit's not trying to avoid you. He's been given to you. He dwells in you. I hope this is life-changing today. Because it should be. And so, we have to be careful and, and be informed. The Holy Spirit of God does not possess you. Watch this. Not like we watch a scary movie and, 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 uh, and an evil spirit takes over somebody. And, and they start doing all kinds of crazy evil things. And, and we scared and we and The Holy Spirit does not possess you. It, it, the Holy Spirit does not make you do things that you don't want to do. The Holy Spirit does not make you do things that you don't know what you're doing. That's an evil spirit. I didn't want to even get into this, but the the people that you listen to, they channel evil spirits. Beyonce channels an evil spirit that she has a name for it. Her name is Sasha Fierce. And and she says, uh, Sasha could do what Beyonce can't do. This is her talking, but have a good time listening to her. (laughs) Nicki Minaj has a demon that she... She uh, that possesses her, that does things that she would not do. This is her interview, her talking. But we love it. We're listening to music that's been channeled by evil spirits, by people possessed by spirits, and we're like, yeah, purchase that joint. Santana, there's all avenues, Santana, Santana so to, to, to do, he said he learned his guitar riffs, he's probably the most famous guitar, he learned his guitar riffs by, with a, an evil spirit that he, that he channels called Metrodome or something like that, Met, Meta, whatever, who cares, who cares, it's an evil spirit, call yourself whatever you want. See, so the, the spirit of God does not take over us, the spirit of God dwells in us. The Spirit of God, we receive the Holy Spirit. He makes His home in us. He abides in us. Isn't that a beautiful difference? He doesn't make us do things we don't want to do. He empowers us to do things we couldn't do. Come on! That's good preaching. He doesn't make us do things we don't want to do. He empowers us to do the things that we couldn't do on our own. The Spirit of God in us encourages us and convicts us, enables us to do supernatural things. It guides us if we listen and discern and don't resist. oh hold up. Note this. If we could resist the Spirit of God, and if we could grieve the Spirit of God like the Word says, that means that we could have the Spirit of God in us and not follow it. Amen? We cannot do as it encourages us to do. Anybody been there? And that would bring up a question. Do we really believe or are we really a follower of Christ? The Spirit of God is still in us. But God doesn't want us to, to ever question whether He loves us. Whether He's given us the gift. Our, secure, our, 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 our salvation could be secure in Christ if we know if we're following Christ. If we've accepted Him. If we believe. Amen. The, there's a danger the Word talks about hardening your heart. That's when we stop hearing the prompting. You know, you know that that when that spirit in you that tells you, nah, you, sh- you probably shouldn't go to that place. Or you know when you're in that place and you feel that prompting and the spirit is telling you nah, you should probably get out of this place. Anybody felt that, right? And 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 sometimes, man, you 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 leave. And you got to explain, but bro, why you left, man? We was big and We was having a good time. And, you know, you know, well, you know, whatever. I got a phone call, you know, somebody, whatever. However you got out of that. But you just knew that you had to get out of that. Right? And then, and then there's times where we get all kinds of promptings of the Spirit, but we're like, nah, I'm, I'm not going. I don't, I don't want to be alone anymore, so I don't care if you're telling me he's not good for me, but I don't want to be alone. I'm tired of being lonely. So I'll hold on to him. Maybe I'll bring him to church. (laughs) Pastor, I got one for you. This guy needs Jesus. Oh, my God, you don't understand. Pastor, I got this one from the club. She's a hot mess. I know, excuse what she's wearing. She's a hot mess. But if you could hook this up for me, this would be real good. This would be real good. I pray, I pray. I pray with my eyes closed. I do everything Mark tells me to do. I pray with my eyes closed. I do everything. But I don't want to listen to what I'm feeling inside. The promptings of the holy. And sometimes if we, if we keep pushing those promptings away. And if we keep ignoring. We grow cold. Anybody been cold? Amen. Thank God that we can come back from that sometimes. 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 Be careful. There's a warning. I don't have a time to go into a whole teaching about hardening your hearts, but we we can get to the place where we're not there anymore. Let let, let me move on. Let me say it this way for now. Don't take the grace of God. Don't take the Holy Spirit of God for granted in your life. He's in you. He dwells in you. Learn to be full of it in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Ephesians 2.10 says, we were created to do good. The Spirit of the Lord encourages us, inside us, encourages us to be about it, to do good works. Encourages us to do good. We're not called to look good. Well, I'm a good person. You know, I don't I don't rob nobody no more. I don't, you know, break into people's houses no more. I'm a good person. And we compare ourselves with the world. You know, I don't rape and pillage towns and and... and, and and kill children you know I'm a good person and 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 then when I call to appear good well you know I, I go to church oh God got serious on that the speaker caught the spirit when I when I call to appear good I, I go to church you know you know how many people go to church and they're still full of it and I don't mean the spirit we're actually called to do good works. We're built for it. We're equipped to handle it. When we follow Peter through just the beginning of Acts, he's preaching and teaching with a boldness that he never had before. He's doing things beyond his abilities like never before. He's speaking with a wisdom that wasn't apparent before he was filled with the Spirit of God. Amen? And that's why we're following Peter because we want to we see kind of what changed this man. This Peter was just like me before. And now, in the Spirit, I want to be just like Him. Amen? I want, to, I want that change to be apparent in my life. And so, if we look now, in, in Acts chapter 3, when we, when we keep following Him through the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John are, are walking to the temple. And there's a lame man, at the, he's a beggar, sitting at the gate of the temple called Beautiful. And, and this man is 40 years old, and they've been, he's been crippled since birth, the word says. And so his family and his friends, and they bring this lame man every day. And they drop him at the entrance to the temple. Every day they bring him there. And so that religious people could, could, could pass by him, and he could ask them for the help. And so the self-righteous people, because this is a setup, and it's a good scam. Because if you, if you put the beggar in a place where there's a lot of self-righteous people, people that just want to look good, you can't just pass a, a beggar, a lame man, a crippled man, and he's saying, can you please help me? Arms for the poor. Can you help me? Can you help a lame man? If, if you want to look good, you want to in, in front of your friends, you know, you, you're going to pull it out and be like, yeah, yeah, man. Don't worry about it. Notice I didn't drop none, right? There's not enough to drop, so I'll just, you know. But so, so you know, he put him there and, 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 you know, they throw coins at him to make themselves look better. And he's been doing this every day for I don't know how many years, but he's 40 years old right now. Crippled since birth. Peter and John come and they pass him now probably for the first time. And they pass this lame crippled man at the gate and he's doing what he normally does. And he asks for help and, and he begs to Peter and John. And Peter says, I ain't got no money. But what I do have, I give to you. Get up and walk. Wait, wait, wait. He doesn't wait for the guy to get faith, to hear him, to understand him, to maybe build up strength and courage, to try. He says, and he reaches down, he grabs him by the wrist and he stands him up. Can you imagine the boldness to grab somebody that has never walked in their life, born crippled, them legs are like, nothing they don't have a muscle existing because they've never walked so there's not one muscle in those legs if you ever broken a leg or an arm and it's in a cast for a couple months you know that joint is so skinny and weak right this man all his life never had strength in his legs and and peter grabs him he says i don't have money but what i do have i give to you what does he have the spirit of god in him to heal He says, I give to you. Get up and walk. And he grabs him and he stands him up. He doesn't wait for him to try out his new legs. This uh, hashtag outreach ministry goals. Amen? Outreach ministry goals. He told him, I don't got no money. I don't have a sandwich. I don't have a little goodie bag that my homeless ministry prepared to hand out. But what I do have, I give to you. And you might know the story, the guy starts running around with Peter and John in the temple. Because imagine, you never walked before, and you start walking. You've always seen people at this level, and now you're up here looking at people in the eye. Oh my God, you're going to, he's walking around, and he's, he's, and Peter and John is just walking, and he's walking circles around Peter and John. He's like, yeah, bro, check it out. He's doing squats, right? (laughs) Right? I mean, a man, he's doing everything he's never done before. He's excited. He's 40 years old and never walked. And so it says they follow him into the temple and he's doing jumping. He's like, yeah. Woo! 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 He's doing the running man. I'm not gonna try that, but you, you know what I'm saying. He's he's acting up because he's excited. He's never had legs before. And the religious people in the temple start freaking out. They get mad, they get angry. These religious people have passed him by maybe 25, 30 years. And they've thrown him a half a sandwich. They throw him a bag of chips. They gave him whatever, you know, the homeless ministry prepared for them. They never brought him into the temple to pray, though. They never told him, bro, why don't you come inside and we'll uh, we'll set up a little mat over on the side for you. Maybe we'll set up a little mat up here in the front, man, and you can lie down in here with us today. Nobody ever invited him in. And now they see him doing the running man and they're angry. And they're upset that somebody got healed. Can you believe this? Religious people upset that somebody got healed. And, and so uh, P- Peter is so full of the Spirit. I gotta Watch how I say that. Peter, full of the Spirit, he starts preaching again because everybody's you know coming to them like why how this guy how did happen how why this guy around you why because he says he's holding on to Peter and John he's you know the guy that the guy that brought you to Jesus you don't want to let go of him right the guy that 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 the power that was in him brought life to your legs you you want to hang out with him I can't imagine what else he's gonna do if I follow this guy around amen and so they 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 uh, uh, th- these things are, are amazing things are happening right now as we follow Peter. They arrest Peter and John. They arrest him for healing somebody. They, can you believe this? And so they confront him the next day. You know they bring him out of court. So they, that means they did a night in the pen. They they did a night. They did a bit already overnight in jail, locked up. And you know those jails back then giving you college degrees and, and feeding you three square meals. Those are jails, okay. I mean, Peter and John didn't come out of there with a chest because they've been working out. They had gym. They no, this is like you're shackled. You got no food. They throw you a biscuit once in a while. You know what I'm saying? And so they confront them the next day and they ask them, "By what power do you do this?" What a, what a setup, right? They ask him in front of everybody because everybody's still excited. Nobody's left the temple, man. Everybody's excited what they've seen. This is limping Louis, that's always limped in the front. He never, And now he's walking. Everybody's excited and they want to know more. And they ask him, by what power do you do this? And listen, this is the same Peter who couldn't even tell a servant girl that he knew Jesus just, just the other day, right? A servant girl said, aren't you with Jesus? I don't know him. Shut up, woman. Now, they're accusing him by what power? And it says, Peter stands up full of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit makes a difference in your life. Come on, say amen. And he says to his accusers, now remember, these are the people that have the power to throw him in jail. They've just done that. They've just locked him up for the night. They have the power to now have a full mock trial and and kill him. And Peter knows that because he just watched it done, right? He stands up to his accusers and he says, he, he gets a nice good crowd around him. He says, let it be known that it was the name and power of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but God rose from the dead. <laughs> Do you see a boldness in him that we never saw before? Boldness. He said, let it be known in Acts 4.11. It says, this Jesus, now he's teaching. Actually, he goes off. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you. He's talking to the religious people, Israel, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is no salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given by, among men by which we must be saved. Peter is different because he's full of it now. Peter's full of it now. He's full of the Spirit. He's full of the power of God. And the the people in, in that time, they're different too. They're full of the Spirit of God. It says again in Acts 4. It said it in Acts 2 that they were doing this. Now in Acts 4, it says it again. Acts 4, 32. Do we have that? Acts 4, 32. It says, Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart. And one soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to them were their own. They had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were given their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And grace was upon them all. Listen, listen. There was not a needy person among them for as many as were owners of lands and houses sold them and they brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to each and anybody that had a need. I don't know about you, but I'm convicted by that, church. I'm convicted by that. It says the early church had no need. They had no need. Why? Because nobody was selfish. Because everybody was looking out for everybody. Because, because people, you know, when the winter came and and and, and we, we looked around and we said, man, the, that kid don't have a coat. Man, that single mom's kids, they're wearing the same coats from last year and they fit them like this. And and somebody said, Listen, after church, come on, let's go. I'm gonna take you to here and we're gonna buy all your kids' coats. And they said, you know what, how, how are your kids doing with school supplies? Do you, do you need some things? And so, and so they, 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 I mean, can you imagine the church? This is the church. Nobody had a need. The, the thing is that though, the, the hard part is, and we, we're so messed up because we always act like we don't need nobody. We act like we don't need nothing. So sometimes there's so much need in here we don't even know. Because we front. Why are we putting up like, no, I'm good. I'm blessed and highly favored. There's a difference between declaring something and speaking it into the spirit and being vulnerable. So, man, I need help. I need help. You and I have the same spirit in us. So why aren't we acting like Peter? This messed me up. I was going over this Saturday night. This messed me up. Why aren't we acting like Peter? Why aren't we acting like, like, why aren't we walking like the early church? Why aren't we at least loving each other in a building? The spirit of the living God is in me and in you, all of you that believe. Why aren't we acting like the early church? Why aren't we boldly testifying about the goodness of God the way they did? Why are we talking about so much nonsense on social media and not just testifying about what God has done? I don't care what you have for lunch. Tell me what God did, how he paid for the lunch. Tell me how last month you never had lunch because you didn't have no money, but this month you have lunch because God provided That lunch I care about. (laughs) Otherwise, I don't care if your potatoes were soggy or the meat was. Who cares? But we write about such. Why aren't we like this church? The the church of God has become this exclusive bless me club. Bless me club. Bless me. Bless me. I come in here so I could get blessed. I come to this. Oh, I love the sanctuary. People greet me and they love me and I want to get blessed. It's all about me at the sanctuary. I love it. I read the reviews on the that's, that, and that's a beautiful thing, but unfortunately, that could be a dangerous mindset. Oh, it's all about me there. I love it. Bless me, bless me, bless me, club. And then and then sometimes oh, it's all about me, club. It's all about me, club. And then you get a message like this and like, Pastor, you offended me, club. <laughs> and then we join the other one. Don't judge me, club. Don't judge me. They be judging me up in that church. I know Pastor was talking about me. Somebody must have told him. You told him, right? You told, you told Pastor what I was doing, right? That's why he said that. You told him. Don't judge me, Pastor. I'm going to another church club. And our church is I talked to Pastor Mitch. I talked to Pastor Mike. I talked to Pastor Phil. How many of us have recycled each other? You think we don't talk? We're recycling. Listen to me. Find first one time. You can't go to another church because anywhere you go, you are the church. You understand? So, so if you go to another building, you're just bringing your drama to that pastor. Anywhere you go, you're the church. Oh, but this church is boring. Then you're boring. This church is judgmental. You're judgmental. Stop judging people. Oh, I'm going over there because that person had tattoos or this. What? (laughs) Do, Do you understand? You're the church. I'm not the church. Your pastor's not the church. This building is a warehouse. This building used to be an egg warehouse. They used to sell uh, eggs. It used to uh, have chicken. They used to be a vivero. They used to kill live chickens up in here. There's a lot of things happening in this building, but this building is not a church. It's a building. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so anything, and that's why people bug me out when they come and say, Oh, I see people uh, uh, drinking coffee in the chair. You're not supposed to drink. Where in the word does it say you're not supposed to drink coffee? In the church. Where? If that offends you, bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'll tell Phil you're coming. Hold on, I'll text Mitch. Mitch, is a guy coming. Make sure nobody drinks over there because he's going to get offended. Make sure nobody on your worship team has tattoos because they're going to get highly offended. All right, send him to Phil then. Send him to Phil. All right. 10-4. got to have walkie-talkies. We can just... Did that family show up over there? All right. Amen. I hope, you know, I hope, I hope they're blessed. Amen. But I'll wait for them, they'll be back. <laughs> listen, listen. If the Holy Spirit is dwelling in us, we should change. Oh my God. Can we stop putting the burden on a church? Stop putting the burden on a ministry. Stop putting the burden on a pastor, on a preacher. If the Holy Spirit of God is in us, change. Right now, be empowered. Right now, say, I'm so full of it that I could do all things in Christ Jesus. I am so full of it. All of that stuff. I got to go listen to this message again just to hear the whole stuff in the beginning. All of the stuff that's in me. Because I'm so full of it. It's overflowing. Rivers of living water. Are, whoa! Don't get too close to me. This is Facebookable right here. If, if, watch this. If the same Spirit of God makes His home in me. And makes His home in you. Then... Together, we are members of the same house. Boom! You and I are members of the same house. Why is there more food in my house and less food in yours? Why are my kids blessed and yours aren't? Why are her, her kids blessed and her kids aren't? Oh, because maybe there's a there's a there's a these people stay married oh, and she's a single mom. Okay, but she's part of she's a member of my house. She's a member, so then so then she'll have Thanksgiving with me. So then so then she'll have Christmas with me. Because she's a member of my house. Amen. Some some of you not here long enough, but we preached a whole a whole sermon series titled hashtag member of you. I'm a member of you. And and man, that means that that should, that's revolutionary. That means I can't I can't hurt you because I'm a member of you. I have a membership, not like a ten dollar membership like like Planet Fitness, but I have a real membership. We're part of the same house. I'm convicted by that. I don't I don't know how how else to say that. Let's look in the Book of Acts because the first church wasn't perfect either. So. Look what happens when people are just so full of it in, in a bad way. Acts 4, we're going into chapter 4 now. Acts 4, 36, it says, Barnabas, Barnabas, I love his name. His name means son of encouragement. I need a lot of Barnabases up in, in my life. Amen? It's, isn't it good to have some Barnabases? Isn't it good to be a Barnabas? Some of you have called, you have the anointing to be Barnabas, but, but you, you're too scared to encourage somebody. You're too scared to step out. I release that in you today. Amen? So Barnabas, he says, it says Barnabas owned a field and he sold the field and he bought the money and he made an offering to the apostles. Now, <coughs> the scriptures don't tell us, but this might have been a really big field. This might have been a huge field. It could have been a pretty big offering. And he, he, and maybe the apostles talked about it. Maybe the apostles told people and they testified. I don't know. It doesn't, the scriptures did, did not say that. But maybe they said, wow, because of Barnabas' offering, we're able now to put sprinklers in the building. Because of Barnabas' offering, because of, of, of Barnabas' giving, we're able to put a new roof on the building, which, by the way, we're doing right now. Amen? We're putting a new roof. No more leaks. Hallelujah. And, 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 and maybe because of Barnabas' offering, we're doing that without owing anybody any money. We got money left over from the sprinklers that we're buying a roof with. Come on! But either, either way, Barnabas sold this land that he owned and he, and he gave an offering to the apostles to take care of God's people. Amen? To take care. care. So Acts chapter 5. Now Acts chapter 5, it says, A man named Ananias, and his wife, Sapphira. They had a piece of land also. And, and, and they sold it as well. And maybe, uh, the word doesn't tell us this, so this is just my speculation. You don't take it. It might not matter. Anything what the word says matters. Maybe they heard all the good things that people were saying about Barnabas. Maybe they saw how the church made a big deal that Barnabas gave this huge offering. He sold his land. Maybe they wanted to be recognized. Maybe, you know, they named this section the Barnabas section because Barnabas gave so much money he paid for all these chairs. Maybe Ananias and Sapphira said, I want a bigger section than Barnabas in the church. I want to buy all these chairs. And so maybe they wanted to be talked about. I don't know, but they had a piece of property and they sold it as well. Only they secretly kept a piece of the money. They sold the, the property and they took all the money that they got from the property and they... They hid a piece. They, they kept a portion for themselves and they secretly kept a part of this money and they brought the rest of the apostles as an offering. What, what's the problem here? They said this is all the money. So now Peter, I love this because Peter obviously full of the Holy Spirit because how would Peter know this? But the Spirit of God in us discerns and the Spirit of God is the Spirit of truth. So, it lets us see things when things are a lie. That's why we need to operate in the Spirit of God. Amen? It lets us know when somebody's lying to you. This is horrible for your singles game. Come on! If you're flowing in the Spirit, He said, oh baby, you're the only one in my life. You're a liar. The Spirit in me testifies to me that you are lying. I am not the Father. You are... Anyway, so... So it says Peter, obviously full of the Spirit, says to he says to him, he's full of so so it doesn't say anything about Peter praying. It doesn't say about anything, Peter took it to prayer and Peter. No, he's just the Spirit is in him, alive and active, just like in you. The Spirit is in him, alive and active. He's full of it. Amen. And so he he as soon as he comes with the money, he's bro, here's the money. I sold my land. Me and my wife, we wanted to give this to the church, we wanted to bless the church and the body of Christ. And so, you know, we did like uh, Barnabas did. You know, but my land might have been a little bigger. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, because I'm humble, you know. And I just want to give it to Jesus. And so, and so he, he gives Peter the money. And Peter says, why are you lying, son? Why are you lying? He tells him, it's your land. And this is, this is cool. He tells him, it's your land. You, you sold it and the money is yours. We never asked you for it. Understand, this wasn't a mandate back then. The disciples weren't preaching. Everybody go sell your stuff and bring your money to the church. No, that's televangelism. That's something totally different. Nobody asked for it back then. This is just the body of Christ, the Spirit of God in us, alive and active, saying, I'm going to be a part of this thing. I'm sowing into this thing, right? And so, so Peter says, you didn't, we didn't ask you for it. You could have made a donation of any part of the money that you got for the land. You could have donated a part and it would have been a tremendous blessing and you would have been blessed. Why is it that you, you're lying to God right now to make yourself look good? Verse 5, it says, when Ananias heard these words, he fell down dead. <laughs> oh, tell me you ain't read the word, you didn't know about that. Read the word, there's some crazy stories up in there, man. It's better than any telenovela you ever could pick up. He says he lied to the spirit. When Peter confronted him, he dropped dead. He just like, bruh, bam. He dropped down dead. And then young men came in. They wrapped him up. This is like a straight up mob scene. You know, they rolled him in the carpet. Ushers picked him up and they took him outside to bury him to the backyard. Verse 7, three hours later. Sapphira shows up, she's been shopping from, with all the extra money that they had. She so, shows up with a coach bag. She got some new uh, what's a good shoe? Prada? Okay, excuse me. <laughs> I wasn't at that level yet but she shows up with Prada shoes, or oh, the red here. What's the one with the red bottom? Louis Vuitton, she shows up with red bottom chancletas, because this is back then. So people watching her walk and the chancletas are red in the bottom. So she's walking like this. She's so full of it. Three hours later, she shows up and Peter asks her, "Um, uh, Sapphira, Miss Thing, tell me, tell me, and she shows him a paper, tell me, is this the amount of money that you sold the land for? And she looks... And she says, "Um, uh, um, yep, yep, that was the whole price. That's it. And we gave it to the church. Hallelujah. (laughs) And Peter tells her, why why would you connive to conspire against the Spirit of God? The men who buried your husband are at the door, and you're next. And she goes, boom, (laughs) falls down dead. (laughs) Why are we laughing? People are dying. It's not good. It's not laughable. These are two people dead. We don't know if they had kids. Now the kids are orphans. She falls down dead. And I love verse 11. Acts verse 11. It says, by this time the whole church, and in fact everyone who heard of these things, had a healthy respect for God. (laughs) They knew God was not to be trifled with. Wow. So you see, even back then, at the very start of the church, there were people who just wanted to look good without having to be good. Verses 12 to 16 it says signs and wonders followed them and more than ever believers were added to the Lord and people were coming from everywhere. They even carried their sick into the streets and they laid them on cots and on mats so that if Peter walked by at least his shadow might fall on them. The spirit of the living God was so powerful and so strong, and doing so many things among the people that people were calling their uncles and their vecinos and, and their cousins and their primos, and they were, go, no, bring them bring here. No, this one has cancer. It's okay, bring, bring the cancer guy here. Bring him to church. No, but this one has this. It's okay, bring him. This one's dead, she's in the hospital, she's almost dead. They, they're saying, we only got a couple hours. Bring her. Bring her here and lie her right outside Peter's house. So when Peter come out the house, even if he doesn't have time to pray for them, because he's running, even maybe just his shadow would fall on them, and they and the spirit of God in Peter in his shadow might might heal them. They had such an expectation from God. They had such a, an experience with God, amen. And it says that they they brought them from everywhere. They brought the sick and those afflicted with evil spirits. And they were all healed. What's really sad, church, is that you and I have the same spirit in us. And we're not bringing people to the truth. We're not bringing the sick. We're not bringing the afflicted. And many times we can't even heal the sick that are in the building. Many times we pray and we pray and we can't even heal the sick that we have. Church, something has to change. Amen? Something has to change. We can't keep building bigger buildings and having more Christians that don't do anything don't do anything all they do is bicker with each other and grumble and 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 fight for seats and fight for position and i want titles i want i want to be respected i want to be this and i want to and and we're not doing anything why build more churches like that what if the churches are in in ezekiel they testified back then in the temple they said they said um that god left the temple and nobody even noticed I think the, the state of the church in America, God had left some churches and people went on business as usual. It didn't make any difference on the Sunday that God was there or the Sunday that God didn't show up. Because we weren't concerned with God, we were worried about ourselves. And we were just trying to get, we didn't come in to get. so many people all around us that don't even have the truth they don't care and we don't care and they're lost and we act like we don't care and then and then Prince dies and everybody's like oh I hope Prince and Michael are having a good time in paradise did you read those things really I'm not judging don't get me wrong don't write me emails I'm not saying Prince is not in paradise I'm not saying he is we just assume the world just assumes everybody dies oh they're in a better place not what the word says all of a sudden we're holy now we're at funerals oh he's in a better place and now he's watching over him and he's with grandma and he, no no that might not be true I'm not judging I don't know I would never say this at a funeral so it's okay so don't worry <laughs> but here I tell you I got to tell you the truth. That's not what the Word says. And we can't just live any way the hell we want to live and then at a funeral think we're going to be good. It's, oh, he's in a happy place now. He's rest. No, he could be in torment right now. But we didn't care enough when he was alive to give him the spirit of truth. We didn't care enough about to reach them, to bring people, to, to invite people, to, to walk it out with people. We didn't care enough. We can't go preach at his funeral then. We can't put comments, oh, princess princess, he's a dove when doves cry, making all the connections. Come on. <laughs> let, me, let me close with this. I, I'm sorry. I was watching a TV show. I was watching one of those tattoo shows. Don't judge me. (laughs) Don't judge me. Um, It was Miami, Inc. And this guy came to the shop to get an Oni. Those of you in the tattoo world, you know. An Oni is a Japanese demon mask. But it's not what you think, though. He's having it put on him because he wants a guide to lead him. And so the artist picked, he said, I put, I picked this particular one because they know about all this stuff. I picked this particular one because this Oni is, um he's a spirit guide and he's supposed to ward off evil spirits. It's... A, a, It's a demon, it's a demon mask. They call it, an oni is a demon mask. It's a Japanese demon mask. So by definition, a demon is an evil spirit. But this is an evil spirit that wards off evil spirits. That's like something that stinks to make something smell better. It's, a, it's an evil spirit that wards off evil spirits. And, and so these Anis are guides. He's explaining. This was like a Bible, a Bible study there. As they're getting the tattoo. He was putting it on his butt, by the way. Which is ironic to me. I don't, I don't know. And so he's teaching him. He said, these are guides. And he was, and so the man was sharing how uh, he's in the music industry, and and things are blowing up right now for him, and he's getting a lot of gigs and stuff like that. And he just wants to he wants a guide, someone to lead him. And so and and so he needs a spirit to help him make good decisions. And man, I, I'm listening to this, and I know it's an old, it's an old one. I don't know where that guy is, but I was sad for him. He had the right idea but he went to the wrong place. He knew what he wanted but he was at the wrong place and because he was at the wrong place they couldn't give him what they didn't have. He wanted a spirit to guide him. He wanted a spirit to make him to help him make good decisions. Isn't that the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, that we get freely? He, and we don't have to tattoo it. We can, but we don't have to. And, 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 and he, he wants this spirit to help him make good choices, to help lead him. And, and, and so he left with a demon spirit that he accepted. I heard him accept it right on the table. He accepted it. He received the spirit right on the table. I'm telling you, it was like watching a wicked church. And so he left, the, 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 the tattoo at this point is just a reminder of the spiritual transaction that just happened there at the parlor. When you get a tattoo, just so you know, blood is spilled. And so when you make a covenant with an evil spirit and, and it involves your blood, there's a covenant involved. Oh, that's, that's too heavy, too heavy, too much, too much. Back up. So he said, once it's all done, he's looking at, it, he's, oh man, that's amazing! It's amazing, and, and he's loving, it. he's so happy. He says, I'm so excited to enter this next part of my life with this guide. And I'm I'm in the, I'm sitting in the gym, crying, man. I'm in, I'm like, he's so excited because he accepted the spirit that's going to ward off evil spirits and and is going to guide him and help him make good decisions. It's a sad day when men are looking for spiritual guides in tattoo parlors instead of churches. But we have to ask ourselves why. It should grieve us that the church is so busy trying to look good, trying to appear good, without doing any good. And it makes me sad and mad at the same time. Because that young man is just a sample of a generation that doesn't even see the church qualified to deal with spiritual matters. He sees the tattoo artist more qualified to deal with his spiritual life than any pastor, any church, any minister, any Christian, any believer. Doesn't he, I'm sitting there thinking, doesn't he have one man of God in his life? Isn't there one woman of God somewhere where he works, somewhere where he goes to school, one neighbor, somebody in his life? Isn't there one man or woman of God that is walking in out for real that he could see that has a guide in them and makes good decisions? That that hurts. Isn't there one person in his life that somebody that could love him and be real with him? Somebody that could love him and say, listen, man, you don't need no Japanese demon mask. Does that even make sense, Poppy? You want guide? You want a guy? You want somebody to protect you from evil spirits? You need the spirit of God. You can't use an evil spirit to protect you from evil spirits, Poppy. Come on. Isn't there one person? Not that somebody that'll, that'll go, because a Christian that's full of it will go and tell them all, oh, you know, Leviticus says, tattoos are from the devil and you should not mark your body. Thou shalt not mark their bodies. And, and they'll use the one little scripture verse in Leviticus that says we shouldn't get tattoos. Under which it says we shouldn't eat meat, we shouldn't say, shave the things. And, you know, all those other things we don't follow, but, but they want to use that one. And that, that'll be the light that they'll give them. And that person will leave worse than they came. And then they'll go and get guidance from a tattoo artist. You have life for me? And the tattoo says, yeah, I do. I have this spirit guide that'll protect you from evil spirits and he'll help you make good decisions and he'll be with you forever like your tattoo. Listen, if the early church was as full of it as some of us are, this message would have never reached us. Worship team, you guys could come. I didn't, I couldn't even come up with an ending. I didn't know how to end that. I didn't know what to do after that. I said, I just want to put that out there and let you, let you know that there's a generation that's not coming to the church to get spiritual guidance. They're going to every other place, and it's probably, more than likely, we have to accept that and accept the blame for that we haven't been the light that God has called us to be I accept it, I try I'm not perfect at all but I try to let the people around me know and I'm not talking about in church, in church is easy church is easy, Give, give a word to somebody amen, the Lord wants you to be blessed amen, the Lord says you are highly favored here it's easy but at work where nobody else is Christian in the gym where nobody else is Christian That's where we're called to be a light, Amen. Paul, Amen, Amen, Amen. So I'm just gonna let's open the altars for a minute. If you gotta run out, be blessed. It's okay. But Paul said to the church at Philippi, and so in the same way, it's the word if he says it to us. Then in Philippians two twelve, he says, "Work out your own salvation." with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in this world. Paul says to work out your own salvation. That means that I'm responsible for using what God has placed inside me. Amen? You're responsible for walking out what God has inside you. There's darkness all around you waiting for you to shine. I'll drop it there. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.